Comey was spying on Trump. Well, the reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No Trump. American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh wait, unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. A lot, as always, to talk about because Judicial Watch, unlike much of the rest of Washington, D.C., is actually doing something about the current crisis. Uh, I have uh, new information related to the outrageous uh, critical race theory that's being promulgated in our nation's schools. Uh, plus, we have a new lawsuit about what happened on January 6th. And I have a lot to say about the January 6th commission with some warnings and uh, about that uh, potential threat to your civil liberties. First up are new documents we obtained under the Maryland Public Information Act from Montgomery County School District, which is the biggest uh, district in the state of Maryland. It's right outside of Washington, D.C. It's it's the suburb of the deep states. You can imagine there's lots of interesting things going on, including, as we uncovered in these documents, uh, outrageous classes in critical race theory that are promoting the worst of the worst in terms of uh, racism and anti-Americanism. I'll get into that. On top of that was uh, a new program or a new audit that Taxpayers were being asked to fund $454,000 for an anti-racist system audit by something called the Mid-Atlantic Equity Consortium, which is one of these companies in the private sector that cater and promote this type of agenda uh, using, as I said, tax dollars. Uh, their expertise was, quote, in using intersectionality as part of its theory of change and how it makes us uniquely positioned, uh, makes them uniquely positioned to conduct the anti-racist audit and mitigate the root causes of systemic barriers. So this is an entity that buys into uh, the idea that America is fundamentally corrupt because it's fundamentally racist and oppressive. It's the communist revolutionary approach. They won't say they're communists. They won't say they're Marxists. They won't say they're revolutionaries. But this is philosophically where they're coming from. On top of that, we receive uh, materials specifically from classes, booster classes given during the summer that promoted uh, material that you're just going to find shocking. Uh, it is something out of uh, the middle school that was given as part of a summer course, a social justice class that had at its heart a pyramid slide depicting differences between overt and covert hateful white supremacy. Covert and overt. According to the pyramid, Make America Great Again is an example of covert white supremacy. The phrase is ranked on a pyramid just below racial slurs. And I'm going to try to share the screen here to show you what the pyramid looks like so you can look at it yourself and Get some more information about it. Let's see if this works. There we are. So you can see here, I'm going to use my little cursor. Make This is the pyramid, covert white supremacy, socially acceptable. There's a line there, and above that line is overt white supremacy, socially unacceptable. 
obviously some much of this obviously lynching is something that is obviously criminal and murderous but make america great again is seen as covert white supremacy what else school to prison pipeline that's leftist claptrap as i call it denial of white privilege so if you deny white privilege that is white supremacy it's covert and it's not appropriate denial of racism so if you deny you're a racist, it means you're a white supremacist. What else is here? Celebration here on the lower right. Celebration of Columbus Day. Self-appointed white ally. What does that mean? It means if you see yourself as an ally of minorities, you're a white supremacist. Assuming that good intentions are enough. Meaning, again, if you deny you're a racist, then you as a matter of principle and philosophy oppose racism, that simply isn't good enough. And in fact, it's covert white supremacy. And this is other material. Anti-immigration policies and practices are white supremacists. Um, claiming, oh, claiming that whites are targeted with racism is racism. Um, color being colorblind is racism, colorblindness, see them at the bottom? And this is, this, this is part of the school curriculum. Again, students, write your response. Uh, Eurocentric curriculum, you know what that means. Cruise police brutality, uh, and what else? Oh, and believing we are post-racial. So saying something like Barack Obama was elected president, how can there be systemic racism in the country? Well, that means you're racist. So this is the sort of catch-all uh, philosophy from the uh, radical left in this program. And when you go through the program, and you know I can show you all the slides, but they're available on our website at judicialwatch.org, uh, you'll see that this is a propaganda to the max. There's more material in there that talks about um, implicit bias and structural racism. Listen to this. This is what's being taught children, middle school children, by the way. Races created to justify enslaving people from Africa. Economic engine of country. So it, it suggests that slavery is still the economic engine of our country. I'm not sure what that means. National narrative, ideology, belief system about people of color being less than human and less than white justifies mistreatment and inequality, which is white supremacy. I guess I can't argue with that per se. If that's if 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 uh, if that is indeed a national narrative, but there is no national narrative that any American is lesser than any American. Dominant narratives about race, family, media, society, coupled with radicalized excuse me, racialized structural arrangements and differential outcomes by race all prime us to believe that people of color are inferior to white people. So this is the structural racism crap. The students are suggested to review a TED Talk with the founder of a TED Talk, which is one of these uh, establishment-type lectures that are available online where liberals talk to each other generally. Founder of Black Lives Matter. The terms that are defined in a, a website uh, created by, uh, as part of this class, include Black Lives Matter, 
which is defined as a political movement to address systemic and state violence against African-Americans. It claims that Black Lives Matter is an ideological and political intervention in a world where Black lives are systematically and intentionally targeted for demise. Black Lives Matter is anti-American, anti-police smearing. No one believes Black lives don't matter. Saying Black Lives Matter suggests that there are people who think that Black lives don't matter and that those people run the institutions of America. It's a smear. It's designed to overthrow our system. All lives matter. More importantly, your life matters. Power, defined among other things as, quote, wealth, whiteness, citizenship, is systematic racism. Patriarchy, heterosexism, and education are a few key social mechanisms through which power operates. Racist policy. They say there's no such thing as a non-racist or race-neutral policy. Every policy is racist. White privilege. This is defined as the unquestioned and unearned set of advantages, entitlements, benefits, and choices bestowed on people solely because they are white. And structural white privilege is described as a system of white domination that creates and maintains belief systems that make hurt racial advantages and disadvantages seem normal. And white supremacy is defined as, again, talk to children. This is all talk to children, not to adults, but to children. The dominant unquestioned standards of behavior and ways of functioning embodied by the vast majority of institutions in the United States. That's what they believe white supremacism is the, is, is the modus operandi of the vast majority of institutions in the United States. White supremacy culture is further defined as the glue that binds together white-controlled institutions and into systems and white-controlled systems in the global white supremacy system. They compare in another class COVID and systematic racism as being two sides looks like of the same coin in terms of being a dual pandemic. Racist, racism is a pandemic. Well, the only racism I see here is the racism directed at alleged white supremacy, which they define as anyone who doesn't share their Marxist collectivist beliefs. As I said in the release about these documents, the racist, revolutionary, claptrap in these documents should be nowhere near a school classroom. These documents show that extremists have access to our schools and are willing to abuse the access to children in order to advance a dangerous, divisive, and likely illegal agenda. If I told you about, you know, the half a million dollars or so being sent, being spent on this group that's being used to uh, root out systematic, systemic racism within Montgomery County schools, they talk about intersectionality, which is essentially the theory that virtually every aspect of an individual is subject to oppression, if they're the right individual or the right demographic. Uh, and of course, uh, white males are in the center of this oppression, meaning they are the ones pushing it. And that's what the uh, push is for. Now, you probably find this objectionable, right? You finally probably find this morally problematic, right? Well, I'm telling you, that's not the biggest issue. I find it objectionable. I find it immoral. I reject it 
as a matter of intellect and intellectual, basically intellectually, I should say. But it's also, it seems to me, illegal. Federal law, state law in Maryland, I don't need to look up federal state law in Maryland, and the Constitution prohibits treating people and in this divisively racial, racial way to use tax dollars to target white children and target entire demographic groups as being evil who should be opposed there, you know, according to them, their views should be opposed based on their race. Is a violation of virtually every civil rights law we have in the, in the greater scheme of things in our Constitution, which requires that everyone has equal protection of the laws. So this is what's going on in Maryland. Now, of course, I say it's illegal. Maybe a lawsuit could overturn it. It seems to me the Justice Department, the Department of Education, and Maryland State Authority should be targeting this. You have in Chicago, for instance, the mayor, uh, the the mayor there, Mayor Lightfoot, uh, who by all accounts uh, is a terrible mayor. Uh, she just said that uh, she thinks that the press corps that covers her office is too white and too male, and therefore she's only going to give one-on-one interviews. Uh, or she's going to deny one-on-one interviews to white males. Explicitly racist from a government official. And as I told you before, and it highlights the fact that the radical left does not oppose racism. They don't oppose racism. Principled conservatives do. Principled liberals do. This isn't liberal versus conservative. This is, as I said, a radical extremist movement that is illiberal, that wants to overthrow our system of government and replace it with a regime uh, that would destroy all our liberties. And it's bad enough to have this in our schools, uh, and I say the mayor, and then you have President Biden talk about equity. Every time you hear equity as opposed to equality, that is again, a Marxist-Leninist approach. And I don't like to use those words oftentimes because oftentimes it's not appropriate in the context of American political discussion. But we have a rising communist movement in this, in this country now that we have to address, address in a forthright way. So when you have the president of the United States talking about equity, equality of outcomes, that's, Marx, that's Marxist dogma. Now, obviously, the president faces significant cognitive challenges, so I don't know if he knows what he's saying, but the people around him should know what he's saying. So you have racism, Marxism, anti-Americanism, vicious anti-policism. I guess that's a new word, right? But, you know, everything is in ism these days. Being rammed down the throats of our children. And don't think if you're in a private school, you're immune from this. It goes on all over the place. And Judicial Watch has been uncovering and investigating this for years and years and years. It has been out there like a low-grade fever, and now it's kind of metastasized in the sense that you have the Biden administration pushing this uh, through, uh, uh, they're trying to be, they have a new uh, funding and grant mechanism they're trying to get through. Yeah, the president promoting it. 
every time you hear the word systemic racism. But that's that's someone who says that. Why don't why why don't they leave the country if they believe that? If everything in the country is racist and our system is oppressive, either they're revolutionaries or they should leave. I mean, I joke, maybe the president should not be, if, if the country's systemic race, if there's systemic racism in the country, maybe the president should resign. And we'll just decide who becomes our leaders based on race. That's what the left wants. And this is this is not something I'm saying I'm mischaracterizing. This, this is the material I'm seeing in the classroom, in the in the military, in the agencies, out of the Oval Office, in corporate America. You know, as we highlighted up in our case in Massachusetts for Coach Dave Flynn, a high school football coach who was fired because he objected to this type of material in his children's classroom, ancient history, their class, they were putting in Black Lives Matter propaganda into an ancient history class. She said, he said, what you, what's going on here? And they basically told him, um, we're not changing it. He took his kids out of school. He was fired as a high school football coach a few weeks later, a few months later. So even if you oppose this, they come after you. As I said, denying racism is evidence of racism, according to this extremist ideology. So, uh, you know, Judicial Watch is doing what it can to stand against this. We're exposing it. We're defending those who are punished for exposing it and criticizing it. We have this federal lawsuit. We have two lawsuits in California that advocate uh, uh, for the rule of law in the face of race-based quotas that are based on this critical race theory analysis, this time in the for boards of directors, where they're demanding quotas in California for boards of directors. Quotas. So whenever you hear the left decry racism and say they're anti-racist, it's usually the opposite. Now they say they're not racism because they're not racist because they support the political agenda of the most radical extremists who purport to defend ethnic minorities. But they are, because that's what these, I mean, this is not a debate. Is it a debate? Now, of course, the left thinks that you can't be racist against whites because minorities have no power and only people in power can be racist. Do you buy that? Again, that's more revolutionary claptrap. So these are serious times. These are dangerous times. We have this rising revolutionary movement, and it's targeting your children. It's targeting your, uh, our country's corporations, and our government is a major promoter of it. I mean, in the military, there was this story, the U.S. Um, Space Command drummed out, sacked, um, by all accounts, an excellent officer because he criticized the Marxist theory that was being taught in our military. I mean, there are Americans countless Americans who fought and died to protect us from communism. And now this communist ideology is being 
promoted and mandated in our military. Pray for America, but we're going to do more than pray. We're going to take our God-given talents and use them to defend the rule of law and defend our Republican way of life. Along those lines, Judicial Watch has filed a lawsuit for more accountability, not the accountability the left once, on January 6th. Now, before I get to that, I'm going to talk about this commission sham that's being promoted by the media and its allies in Congress, basically the organized left of this country. And this uh, sham commission, which, frankly, too many Republicans has its usual support, uh, will obviously be used to target opponents of the current regime. The left that is running this city, Washington, D.C., uh, they want to target those who oppose uh, uh, their narrative on the elections and want stronger and more effective laws to protect election integrity. And they want to essentially target anyone who supports Trump. That's what I mean, you understand that by now, don't you? That discussions of January 6th are about discussions about targeting your free speech rights and that you should be subject to of government monitoring and or jailing if you suggest the November election was not run appropriately. And so, so do you think any commission to look at what happened on January 6th is going to be uh, something that you can have confidence in that's set up by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer? Of course not. You know what that's about. Now, several Republicans have supported this idea, which is just ridiculous. So the commission, the way it would work, would be, quote, like the 9-11 commission, which really wasn't that much of a, uh, uh, which wasn't as good as it should have been. But the January 6th commission obviously is going to be narrowly focused on going after uh, pretty much anyone who supported Trump or is perceived to have been supporting Trump. So you can bet Judicial Watch will be in their sights. Because we defended the rule of law, we were seen as, quote, Trump supporters. That's, that's the way the left operates. And so the commission head would have been appointed, uh, assuming it passes, it passed the House, I don't know if it's going to pass the Senate. The commission head will uh, be appointed by Schumer and Pelosi. And the staff will be hired by that chairman. There'll be a vice chairman appointed by the Republicans, but the powers with the chairmanship. So ultimately, the chairman, you know, after consulting with the vice chairman, gets to appoint all the staff. And of course, the staff does all the work. So you know what's going to happen. They're going to have subpoena authority and they're going to target anyone who promoted election integrity or opposes the Biden administration. And uh, it was set to go through Congress until, again, the grassroots erupted. McConnell was willing to buy into it until, again, the grassroots erupted and he backed away from it. The House leadership set this in motion until, again, the House, excuse me, the grassroots erupted and they backed off from it. But still, I think 35 Republicans voted to place your First Amendment rights on the line. I think this commission, if it's passed, will be a clear and present danger to your First Amendment and other constitutional liberties. Why do I think that? Because I know that the same group that Pelosi House, Adam Schiff, and during the impeachment inquiry, used congressional subpoenas, for instance, 
to secretly obtain the phone records. And then they publish these phone records that the president's lawyers and others. And they think they could do that without court supervision. Do you think this commission is going to be any better or any more reliable or any more protective of your rights as citizens? Of course not. So it's no surprise to me that Republicans who often hate conservatives, too many of them, would uh, endorse a commission that would target conservatives or those who oppose the far left agenda. So who needs a commission, though, when you have Judicial Watch? Because Judicial Watch has already been doing the work of a commission. We've been doing an independent investigation. Uh, We have several lawsuits, including a new one about uh, records of the security related to the security of the Capitol on January 6th. Because as you know, it was Nancy Pelosi who was ultimately responsible because she essentially runs the Capitol complex for ensuring that uh, it's secure. And uh, reportedly, they, uh, the Capitol, uh, excuse me, Capitol officials at the direction of Nancy Pelosi weren't terribly interested in having uh, enough troops in place given the crowd size to ensure safety and security. In my experience, and I think it's fair to say any law enforcement official will tell you this if they're being honest and not being political, is that uh, uh, civil unrest or or, or riots, all of that, it usually occurs only because of decision-making by uh, the political officials that run the police department. So riots occur because of police inaction and specific political decisions not to enforce the rule of law. I mean, policing is much more sophisticated nowadays. They know how to stop a riot or even prevent it from occurring to begin with. All within the law. We're not talking about uh, suppressing civil liberties. But these are usually failures of government action when rioting occurs. And Judicial Watch wants the truth about the, the, you know, there was a, a riot that took place at the Capitol in part. There was violence. So if they want to know how that happened, follow Judicial Watch's lead. We're asking for the documents uh, from, let me get the uh, release here. Oh. The U.S., we sued the Pentagon, obviously, and the U.S. Park Police, which provides a lot of uh, security for uh, the Capitol because it's uh, under the uh, jurisdiction and part of the U.S. Park Police. We asked for documents about all emails regarding the deployment of U.S. troops around the Capitol complex in Washington, D.C., essentially sent to and from uh, the top uh, leadership of the Biden Pentagon. So we already have, I think, requests for the Trump Pentagon. We want to know what, what was going on after the fact. Was there a cover up about who asked for what and how? And because remember, uh, in addition to the failures in January 6th, you had this extreme reaction for political purposes where you had thousands and thousands of troops deployed around the U.S. Capitol in a way that shut the Capitol down and impeded, in my view, the First Amendment rights of uh, American citizens. We asked for similar documents from the Park Police. Related to the January 6th riots and any warnings they had and such. So these are um, 
uh, one of many lawsuits that we have. We had a lawsuit for records, for instance, about the death of the police officer that they were lying to us about. He died of natural causes. And frankly, I think it was the pressure from our lawsuit that forced the hand of the D.C. medical examiner to finally tell the truth or stop withholding the information they probably had for months that he died of natural causes. We also have an email, excuse me, a lawsuit against the Capitol riots, excuse me, the Capitol police. For emails and videos about the riot. Why can't we get the videos? So you have this co this commission sham while the Capitol police is hiding information. And yes, we are investigating, investigating the death of Ms. Babbitt the lone person who was killed by a police officer, even though she was unarmed. So you have Pelosi's Congress covering up the circumstances of the death of the U.S. citizen. She did not face, uh, she was not, everyone watched the video, there was no reason to shoot her, best I could tell. But we don't know who, the name of the shooter, or, the, or even the, we don't even have a report on the shooter. So this tells you what the commission's about, doesn't it? It's designed to distract from the failures of Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi ought to be in the dock on this. But it also shows you, you've got to watch what's happening in Washington, D.C. and communicate with your members of Congress. Because I, as I said earlier, if it wasn't for the blowback from the grassroots, we'd have this commission already in place or would have the endorsement of the both leadership, uh, both party leadership, and those of us opposed it would be behind the eight ball. Now it's been exposed as a partisan sham designed to, as I said, suppress the political opposition of the Biden administration. And of course, there's always a lot to a lot to distract from. And and you know, before so we've got this lawsuit. Uh, just before I move on to the next topic, we have this lawsuit. Uh, Judicial Watch has several lawsuits regarding January 6th. We have dozens of FOIAs related to it. We want to know what Pelosi told the Pentagon. We've got that lawsuit already. And more are coming. So you don't need a commission because you have Judicial Watch. And maybe if the commission passes, maybe they'll put me on the commission. Imagine that. I'm happy to do it. Judicial Watch is deeply troubled, and this is something that I want you to highlight, uh, to focus on. We're asking for documents under the law. They are not following the law and giving us the doc not giving us the documents. So there's lawlessness behind this cover. They're suppressing unknown facts about January 6th. And with these events, remember, they used January 6th as an excuse to target and tarnish President Trump with that fake impeachment. And they see it as a vehicle, January 6th, for political purposes. I mean, that's what they're doing. So we need the full truth about what went on. Because they're spying on us. 
They're targeting you, likely you. Yeah, you. I mean that generally and specifically. Monitoring social media posts, you say anything. The post office is monitoring social media posts now. I know they even got the postal service involved. First, the targeting was Trump. Now the targeting is everyone. Dangerous times, dangerous times. And in the meantime, we've got this corrupted president. Before I go, I want to highlight a story in the Daily Mail. I didn't, I didn't, I should call it up for you, but I encourage you to look it up. They have more documents from Hunter's laptop suggesting that Louis Free, who was FBI director under Bill Clinton, gave $100,000 to a trust for Vice President Biden's grandchildren. And then he wanted to do business with Biden. This is while Biden was in office. Have you heard about that story? Maybe you have because you're, you're activist types who tend to watch this video, right? Diligent and vigilant citizen. But you're not going to hear about it. You only heard about it because you went for it, right? You looked for the, you you found out about it on social media. And kudos to the Daily Mail for for mining what's on Hunter Biden's laptop that the rest of the media doesn't want to talk about. And this highlights further that we have this rule of law crisis in the White House where President Biden's been implicated in criminal activity, and there's been no investigation, serious investigation, even investigation of it. And the Justice Department is supposedly investigating Hunter, and those circumstances in the least warrant a special counsel. And there's been zero leadership from the Hill on this, zero leadership in the media on this, and the leadership has been has fallen to judicial watch. Best I can tell, we're the only ones asking for Joe Biden to be criminally investigated. So I encourage you to follow that. And of course, we've got multiple lawsuits on Hunter's laptop, everything you need, you know, everything you would want to know about the allegations of misconduct against President Biden. And so I encourage you to go to our website, look up that material, uh, and more is coming, believe you me. So uh, a lot going on. Uh, I'll be here next week with some more. we got more lawsuits coming, more documents coming. Uh, you won't believe what's in the offing, or maybe you will. But uh, you, it'll be, you won't be surprised, but you'll still be outraged. So with that, I leave you, and I will see you here next week on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.